Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Allie Spears, and this is The Dirt, where we dig deep with those helping to feed the world. Episode 1, Michelle Martin. Today, I have Michelle Martin here that I'm going to be interviewing, and uh, Michelle is from South Texas, I believe, correct? Yes, as far south as you can go. Um, and she has some really cool projects that she does and kind of businesses that she owns. She has the Ag Mag and then also the Ag TV on Wheels, right? Am I saying the correct name on that? Ag on Wheels. Ag yeah. on Wheels. Um, so today we're going to be kind of talking about her experiences and the projects that she's doing um, and just kind of getting her take on some stuff. So Michelle, if you could maybe just kind of start by telling us a little bit about where you're from and a little bit about your background, I think, to start. Sure. So my name is Michelle Martin, and I grew up in the Rio Grande Valley, which is about as far south of Texas as you can go before you hit Mexico. Um, I can literally, I sometimes before the world went crazy, I would go over <laughs> to Mexico on Sundays and just hang out there. So it's really close. And what a lot of people don't realize is that this area is very, very, very uh, agricultural based. Mm. We grow over 40 to 50 types of vegetables in our area. And then we also have your typical commodities like your corn, your grain, your sesame, soybeans, all that good stuff. But what really makes it unique is, is all the vegetables and the citrus that we have in the area. And so I grew up here, born and raised, and then I went off to A&M and I swore I'd never move back down to the valley. And here I am. <laughs> and I graduated from A&M in 2009, was supposed to graduate in 2008, but I took a victory lap. That's right. I, uh, I, I paid my own way through college, so I figured why not? Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I'm a mother of a four-year-old, God help me, and <laughs> a wife to a farmer and also a chemical salesman for Helena Chemicals. Awesome. Um, so I know I listened to one of the podcasts you did with Sharky Farms, and you kind of explained that you don't necessarily have like a traditional ag background, um, but what kind of led you to agriculture and kind of um, the adventures that you're on now? Sure. So whenever I was at A&M, I was going there originally to be a marine biologist. So hmm. I love the beach. Um, you know, I live very close to the beach. It's about 45 minutes away from me, South Padre Island. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do. And after failing biology, I realized maybe that wasn't for me. <laughs> so um, I kind of switched over and I wanted to do uh, media. So I wanted to be a news reporter. So right out of college, um, I worked at a news station, and I just realized that it's not really something I wanted to do. I wasn't into politics. I wasn't into, I don't know, I just kind of found it depressing, maybe. Right. And so um, I eventually went, long story short, uh, I was working at a private school doing their marketing and advertising, and I just got really frustrated because I had felt like everything had already been done. Mm -hmm. So I was really bored at work, and I prayed and prayed for three long years. And one day the idea, you know, I would say God gave me the idea and I called my husband and said, do they have a farming magazine? And he said, no, they used to, but they don't anymore. 
And I said, good, they do today. So I quit my job with $200 in my bank account and made a fake magazine. And so a lot of people ask me, well, why agriculture? You know, why didn't you start a magazine on something else? And, you know, I really don't know. God just gave me the idea. My husband's a farmer. We farm as well as, you know, he's also a chemical salesman. But just seeing him farm and being out on the land just gave me an appreciation for the food that I was eating. And so I think it kind of stemmed from that as well. So I definitely have my husband to thank. Uh, my grandparents, they had land that they farmed. And, you know, I grew up on their farmland. But we were never really heavy farmers, so to say. He, right. My grandparents would always lease out the land to other farmers. Awesome. Yeah, that was, I think, one of the craziest things when I kind of heard your story was how, um, like you said, you didn't have a ton of back, or, yeah, background in agriculture, but then you kind of came up with this concept, and it was just kind of really amazing to hear about how um, you thought that that was a gap that needed to be filled, and you went for it, especially... Yeah. Um, it's like so many opportunities and um, I've learned a lot and I'm, I still learn every day, but uh, you know, I've had my magazine for almost seven years and I think I'd like to say that I know a lot about ag and it's all from experience and it's been probably the best gift that I've ever been given from Big Man upstairs. I love it. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's great. Um, so I know too, you have the TV show. So did that kind of walk us through that? Did that stem from ag mag or how did all that kind of come about? Yeah, so AgMag has been my, my magazine has been my, my baby, before my baby, and it's been <laughs> my block for everywhere that I've gone. So with the TV show, after having the magazine, it'll be seven years in September, or August, September. And so um, I was driving down the highway one day, and I just thought, you know, why don't I do kind of like the Farm Bureau does, a couple, you know, three to five minute clips on Meet Your Local Farmer. Well, that kind of just spiraled into a full 30-minute TV show. I used the connections from the TV station that I um, had worked at and uh, just some prior jobs that I had. I kind of just connected all the resources and just went for it. I'm the type of person, I don't plan. I just go and deal with the issues as they arrive. <laughs> but uh, I feel like that's the best way because it, I know that I'm the type of personality that if I plan, I'll never make that initial move. I just kind of got it jump to it yeah so the tv show uh, obviously is on pause because of covid and uh but something that's great that arise from that was a new project that we're working on that's called farmer who yeah. and that is going to be a project that enables the consumer to be able to know where their food is coming from so we're connecting the consumer and the producer and putting them together so for instance let's say that you were to go to the grocery store and you saw, um, we started with watermelons, but let's use something else. Let's say an onion. And you wanted to know where that onion came from. Was it sprayed? Where, you know, what state did it come from? You'll have the opportunity to do that. All you'll have to do is just get your phone's camera. There's no need for an app or anything of that sort. Just put the camera up to the sticker and then a one minute video pops up with the farmer that grew that exact piece of food that you're holding. Yeah. And um, that kind of, I was a little upset that the TV show was on pause because of COVID and I still wanted to educate. And so this is kind of transformed into a much bigger project and um, the TV show will probably be on pause for a little while. And so this is just a great opportunity. And if you're like me, your attention span's not very long. And so <laughs> I think a one to two minute video versus a 30 minute episode, right. um, will probably gain more attention and get enough information in there to connect that consumer with the producer. Absolutely. Yeah, when I saw that, I was blown away. I was like, this is 
genius, honestly. I mean, the fact that the technology used for it and just the connection and education on it, I was, I'm definitely excited to see how that one plays out because I think it's going to be huge. Um, So I know right now it's just watermelons, right? And then is the plan to kind of grow it to everything? Yes. So we just started off with watermelons um, as our soft launch because in our area it's watermelon season. So I'm working with um, a grower shipper that's called Frontera Produce. Mm -hmm. So they're the people that the farmers grow for and they grow as well. And they'll ship them to your Walmarts, your Costco's, HEBs, whatever your local grocery store may be. And so um, I've kind of, they're my partners, we're together, joint force. And so since it was watermelon season, we decided to do watermelons. And next that we're doing is onions. And then we'll eventually go into your carrots, celery, cilantro, um, pecans, honey. And then we'll move into like the meat section, your poultry, your beef. And we're trying to cover everything. So everything that's fresh that you put in your mouth, we want to have that farmer who sticker on. And I know that at the end of June, they have me going to Colorado, New Mexico, and Florida. So it's going to be everywhere. (laughs) Awesome. And then will those kind of be like launches within the stores or um, just kind of products uh, education? So it'll be everywhere. Yeah, it'll just be mostly like in your typical grocery stores. And so wherever that distributor is sending, you know, their, their produce to is where it'll be. Awesome. Like the farmer who I know it started off in just like three cities because that's where the watermelons are being shipped to. And now we're over in 30, no, I want to say 20 states right now. Wow. 20 to 30 states. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely, I'm keeping, actually the other day I bought a watermelon and I was like, oh, I wonder if the stickers are on these yet. (laughs) Not quite in Brian yet. Um, So I'll be keeping an eye out for those. Um, I guess too. And you have, I feel like so many irons in the fire. I mean, you're a mom, you're a wife. Uh, you've got lots of projects going on. My biggest question is, how do you handle all of that? Like, how do you keep everything straight and juggle it and juggle it well? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I'm the type of personality that I, I'm ADHD. So if my mind is not engaged in something, I either A, spend too much money that I don't have, (laughs) or, you know, I get myself into trouble. So I think that um, over the years, you know, learning how to do the magazine, with the magazine, I find all the ads, all the editorial, and I have great writers and advertisers that support me. And so learning how to manage that really gave me a sense of time management. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just learned how to map out my day. I know it never goes as planned. But it's kind of what I do. And so I'll set aside X amount of days for social media, X amount of days for magazine. And then the TV show, we, when we were filming, we only film one to two uh, days out of the month. So it's, that doesn't take up too much time. And then, you know, obviously my producers take care of the editing. That's not for me. <laughs> I'm not good at that. Uh, yeah, that's been a whole, I've kind of dabbled in it lately and it's a whole new world. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot, <laughs> a lot of intense hours for sure. Um, but social media wise, I know obviously that's a big part of kind of society and stuff. How are you using that as a tool to kind of get your message across? So when I had social media, I was really big on Facebook mm-hmm. and I know that I guess for the younger generation, Facebook is considered for the old people. <laughs> hey, so I love kids. <laughs> Facebook started when I was at A&M, my first year at A&M, so that ought to make me feel old. But um, 
I really just use it because my Instagram, uh, my husband actually was the person that said, hey, you need to get on Instagram. There's a big farming network out there. You know, there's a big agricultural community. And so I kind of just started it and I only have like 70 followers. And so I just kind of worked at it. And every day I'd go out and show how many vegetables we have and what we do down here. And after six months, I think I've got from 70 to almost 6,100. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's not about the fame and the followers. You know how some people want to be sponsored. That, that's not my goal. My goal is just to educate because there are a lot of followers who aren't farmers and they're just there to learn. And so that's my job. And that's, I just use, you know, that simple press the button and let's start a story and make it brief and just show the variety that we have down here. And right. so that's kind of, I'm really big on Instagram. I've neglected Facebook. I need to get better at it. But I just feel like Instagram, there's so many eyes on there. And so that's just kind of how I use social media as a way um, to get the word out there of everything that we do down here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, that was, you do an excellent job of really showing the reality of what, what things are. Um, but I, t I guess too, kind of going off of that, I know you touched on it a little bit before, but what kind of made you want to tell agriculture story? I just, like I said, with my husband um, farming and throughout my magazine, I, I met so many people and listened to their stories because every edition of a magazine, I highlight um, a farmer. And so we call it our featured farmer. And just hearing all the stories and as the time went by, I mean, it's just amazing how much work it takes to get stuff onto your plate. And I, I'm so passionate about it because I hear people and they just have, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but they're, they're clueless. They don't Absolutely. understand. Like, for instance, I did an episode on the sugar mill and how we get table sugar. I had no clue. There was so many little minuscule steps just to get that white powder. That sounds bad. Not white powder, but you know what I mean. Yeah. sugar onto right. your table, but. It, there's so many steps and so I'm just passionate at educating people because farming is dying and if people don't learn to have some kind of respect for agriculture we're not going to be around much longer and we're all going to be naked and hungry and mm -hmm. what are we going to do then right right that's why I'm just so passionate about it and when my mom passed away um I was pregnant and so a lot of people who may watch this may have heard Sharky's podcast mm -hmm. and so aside from working out the thing that really connected me and kept me grounded through that all was just going out and walking the fields and realizing all the hard work that people do and the labor that it takes. And so if they can do that to feed the world, then I can certainly, you know, get over what was going on. And so just being out there and being at one with the land was, was really heartfelt for me. And so the passion just grew from there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. The land is healing. That's for sure. I've, yes. through all this COVID, I feel like I've been able to reconnect with my agriculture roots as well. And it's, it's kind of refreshing to kind of go back to that and just focus on it a little bit. It is. It is. It's just, it's nice not to be bothered sometimes and just Absolutely. be out there. Right. Yeah. So what do you think the public's biggest misconception about agriculture is? Oh, that's a good one. I think that the public's, I, I think there's two things. I think that they're misinformed about the GMOs and the spring and all that good stuff. Um, obviously, my husband works for a chemical company, so I've been educated on that. Um, but I think that they need to be a little more informed about that, you know. And I think that as a society, as a marketing standpoint, a lot of people will put, you know, non-GMO. Well, that product never was GMO. Right. 
And so they use it as a marketing ploy. And I think that adds a lot of confusion to people. And so I think that's one misconception that a lot of people have. And then the second misconception is that farming is easy, that people can just grow something out of the ground, go put a seed in it and watch it grow. Right. And that's not, that's not it at all. There's so much work that goes into it. And so those are the two things that I think the biggest misconceptions are. Right. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, and then I guess, too, as advocates, what do you think we can continue to do to kind of combat those misconceptions? I think, you know, just going out and sharing the farmer's story, going out and showing, you know, an actual harvest, or showing the planting, and even showing the spraying. I mean, I show spraying on my Instagram all the time. Crops have to be sprayed, whether they're organic or not, you know, and um, if they're growing for mass amounts of, of crops. And I think that social media is such a great tool for that because the society that we're in now, you know, everyone's on their phone. They're always on their phone. They're always on some sort of Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, anything like that. And that's free. And so it's an advantage for us who are involved in agriculture and people who are advocates to use that free means to go out and show real life, non-edited farming mm -hmm. and show the world really how it's done. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess this one, last, probably last question, but um, how challenging have you found it to be um, as a woman trying to integrate into the industry? Oh boy. <laughs> uh, you know, whenever I first started my magazine, so um, I guess I didn't really give a lot of history, uh, you know, about the challenges and stuff that I faced, but I am an only child and my mother did pass away while I was pregnant. And so in that in that time and you know having to plan the funeral and everything because it was just me that was left and so in that time I kind of found my backbone so to say and so throughout starting the magazine in that time I realized that I didn't really care what people thought of me that I was there for a mission and whether I was male or female and so when I did start my magazine there was a little pushback and you know some some people and some men were like oh, well, you didn't grow up on a farm. How are you going to start a farming magazine? You don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And so there was a little hesitation. But I think that as women, if we continue to believe in ourselves and continue to believe in our mission, you know, just keep pushing through. You can't change the way that someone thinks. Only that person can change their thinking. And so if you just keep your eyes on the prize and keep moving forward, I think that as women, we will do a great job because – Women are just as capable as men. Um, there's some things men are better at, and there's some things <laughs> women are better at, yeah. you know? And so um, I think it's just kind of a give and take thing, and we just, well, we need to learn how to work together. Absolutely. So any, I guess, last comments or anything you kind of want to throw in, if there's anything that you wanted to kind of say as a public service announcement <laughs> or anything? <laughs> Um, I just think that agriculture needs to be heard. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, on social media, we show a lot of things to other farmers because we find it interesting. But I think that we really need to do a better job of reaching out to the consumer that doesn't know anything about agriculture, um, whether that be through social media, through a magazine, through just conversations with people. I think that if we just continue to educate that we might be a little bit better off than where we're headed because we definitely need farming and we need farmers and we need advocates and it's not just the farmer, it's the person that's in the FSA office, it's the harvester, there's all kinds of people who are involved in that and it's a big world that needs to be shown. Absolutely. And, you know, 
uh, God gave us the land and I think we should just continue on working it. Yep. Amen to that. Uh, well, Michelle, I want to thank you, first of all, for taking time out of your day. I know you have a lot going on right now. So thank you for joining us. And I hope that everybody enjoys this interview. I know that I did. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Dirt. Don't forget to follow us on social media at AgChicks and that the visual version of every episode can be found on YouTube on our AgChicks channel. We'll see y'all next time.